What's going on? Welcome back to the Diabetic Podcast. I'm Justin, and on here, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, management, and beyond with diabetes educators, tech leaders, and those thriving with diabetes. And today, I got my friend Jenna back on the show to talk with me all about how we do and don't let diabetes interfere with our lives and kind of navigating life and so many different facets of it with our diabetes. Her and I have two very different experiences with it because Jenna was diagnosed with diabetes way earlier in life, around two years old, and I was just diagnosed about two years ago. So I have a large amount of time before having diabetes that I got to live without the disease. So we cover a bunch of different topics from friends and how we interact with them, when we bring up diabetes, how we have to bring up diabetes, when you really have to, relationships, how to navigate those, dating, intimacy, how we interact with our technology in those moments. We also get into food. When you have diabetes, you have a very interesting relationship with food. And we also get into traveling, which has a whole bunch of complications to it because you need all your supplies with you. So we've got a great episode for you. I'm very excited for you to listen to it. But before we do, I've got new episodes of this podcast that release every Monday on here and all podcast platforms. Just search Diabet Tech. And I've got videos coming on Fridays on YouTube as well. Right now, it's every other Friday. I may go back to every Friday soon. Stay tuned on that. I want to do that, but I really wanted to make sure that the content I put out on Fridays was quality and wasn't me just scrambling, being like, oh my God, I need to put something out. So we're going to every other Friday for now on YouTube, and I will update you if we go back to every Friday. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or any of my content on social media and YouTube is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your health care. Today's episode is sponsored by Omnipod, but in no way does that affect the questions I ask or the opinions that I have. Okay, Jenna, we're live. Welcome back. Woo! Happy to be back, guys. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you here. Everyone loves when you come on the show. Um, and I think this is going to be a very special episode for kind of both us, but also the listeners. Um, you and I both have very different experiences when it comes to diabetes and how it kind of intervenes in our lives. Uh, because I mean, you've had it for almost your entire life and I've Forever. only had it for, right. And I've right. only had it for like two and a half years now. So I really do have like a before times and I'm just so curious to hear like your reactions and stories for a lot of what I have planned for this conversation um, and kind of see how they like compare to mine. Because I don't have that before times, I truly feel lucky in some ways. I'm like, this is just life. This is what it is. This is little old me walking through the world. But then I have noticed in some of our conversations about diabetes, you'll be like, I'm like, oh, I don't feel that way at all. And then you're like, oh, you don't get bubble, like fill in the blank or you, blah, blah, blah. You don't feel anxious about this, this, this. I'm like, oh, no, I do. I do. <laughs> it's just a different recognition of it for me. So I feel like we may have some moments of that today, too. A little discovery, too. Yeah, because I almost may be hyper aware of these things that come up diabetes related because last time, you know, when I ate pizza three years ago, I didn't have to think about that. I didn't have to worry about that. Whereas for you, you just grew up with this lifestyle and with this, these reactions you had to have or experiences that 
really just probably don't even phase you anymore, really, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so before we get into all of this, can you just kind of remind everyone uh, and for people who are new kind of a little bit about kind of your journey? <laughs> I was diagnosed when I was three years old. And so I've had, I literally don't have memories of life before diabetes. Um, I have been on an insulin pump since I was seven. I was doing MDI prior to that, but I was seven years old and I got on the pump. I was on Medtronic for my whole life up until this summer. I switched to Omnipod. I'm on the Omnipod 5 system now. So I've got that whole automated closed loop, baby. What a, what a way to be. <laughs> so that's been, that's uh, Justin and I have talked about that before on here. It's been a really cool experience and yeah, just even, you know, after all these years with diabetes, so many new things to learn as technology just continues to, to develop, to iterate and hopefully make life easier for all of us. Yeah. That Omnipod five, um, switcheroo episode that we did was super interesting. And then we also went to the factory and did a whole episode on that. So if anyone's interested, go check that out. Um, I want to start with kind of highs and lows, and that's probably going to, you know, come into play a lot throughout this conversation, <laughs> but like, have you ever had a low that has on a personal level, like brought you down? Like anxiety is and paranoia is part of that whole experience. Like, have you had a low that just like got in the way that day when you were doing that thing and just kind of really threw you off and kind of got oh. you really down? Yeah. I mean, I, and it's again, it, this is right off the bat, a perfect example of it. I'm like, I would never say like, oh, it brought me down. But I'm like, yeah, I have days where like, I feel like I'm just like in a loop where like for some reason who knows what is going on you know metabolism wise or insulin sensitivity or what the heck for whatever reason in the world i just like can't catch myself i just keep going low one after the other after the other so that's the first thing i thought of with that question are these days when it just feels like why can't i get a grip on this and it's hard to not blame yourself and internalize that in those moments but again you know here i am on a pretty in range day saying this, but it's, you know, those aren't the norm too. Those are flukes that I think we all with diabetes experience every once in a while. And then of course I have, you know, oh God, a handful of the stories of like the bad lows <laughs> that are like embarrassing in some ways and are, you know, really scary and, you know, covered just head to toe in sweat, sweat through my pajamas, that kind of thing. Um, and again, it's just, those aren't normal. It's an unfortunate part of life, but you just have to, like anything, learn to move through it. How do you handle a low around friends? You know, new, let's say, let's even say like newish friends, friends that you're not like, like not me, right? Like a friend right. that, and also I have diabetes, so it's a little different, but <laughs> like you get, you get to a party and I've had this experience. You get to a party and you like all of a sudden, you must've been rushing there. You're like, you're 55. You just get to the party and you're like, oh my God, like I am so low. You can't even talk to people. Like, can you think of a time when that's kind of happened and like kind of how you went about navigating that? I think I have this 
insane just like all right play cool play cool play cool but like I obviously the priority is like let me get my low stuff let me get my juice if I don't have something in my bag right away like oh could you have a cute little soda do you have something I can have like you know you kind of do that and then just like try to I would try to look for like the person I'm closest to and just kind of like hey like I'm just having some really low blood sugar right now I'll be cool cool in just a second but like I just need a minute or if you're at a totally new event with people that you don't know. I may, depending on how severe the low is, if I'm super low, I don't want to go isolate myself. But, you know, just taking a moment in the bathroom. I, I get really clammy when I'm low. I am just covered in cold sweat. <laughs> so I'll go to the bathroom and I'm like, you know, kind of I'm like just dusting myself off a little bit, just trying to make sure I'm feeling okay. But I don't know. I, I guess... Again, just trying to have faith and remember where I'm like, it's going to bounce back. You're going to be okay. Just like take a couple deep breaths. Give it a moment. We'll be fine. I don't know. Maybe that's an overly simple answer. What do, what do you feel? What no, did you do no. at that, that party? Well, it's funny because like a lot of people probably aren't as forthcoming as I am. Like I'm kind of an open book. I mean, also like my job is diabetes, right? So like <laughs> true, I don't mind true. talking to people about my diabetes. <laughs> so like I can remember a couple times that stick out to me. One was like it was a holiday party. I was rushing there and I get there. And as soon as I walk in, it's like so crowded and there's like so many people I don't know. And like in order for me to get in and like walk to like whatever snacks may be available because I didn't have any low snacks, like this was like at a time when I made those mistakes. I get in and then I see Sour Patch Kids on the table. I'm like, yes. So I like grab a few and I'm eating them. And then like this new guy like comes up to me. He's like, hey, like, how's it going? Blah, blah. And I and I'm like trying so hard to listen to them and like be engaged. But I, I it's impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's just so impossible to to listen and really comprehend what they're saying because you're like your body is like falling. It's shutting down essentially. So. Yeah. I remember in this moment, I said to him, I was like, hey, I have type 1 diabetes and I just have a low blood sugar. So as much as I do want to continue talking to you, I can't fully like have a conversation right now. And I mean, he totally took it well, but like I had to say that and it was it was less for him. It was for me to right. feel comfortable in that moment because it's a very totally. uncomfortable experience being like that. Right. And like the fact that you feel like you need to like, well, it's not that you need to explain it. It's like in order for me to feel comfortable in that situation. Yeah. I need to explain it. Um, and especially that's just like, also, I think uh, like, that's too, just like a difference in the, you know, sometimes I want to be able to, sometimes I will feel com comfortable like telling a friend about it. And sometimes again, I, I just feel this like, okay, like, let's just move through this. You know, your body, you know how you're doing. And then, but again, that also has its risks too. Cause if you aren't coming up quickly, or if you do start trying to have a conversation, you're like not making sense, you know, but just, just different, different comfort levels, different perspectives. And in no way am I like trying to hide it from anybody, but I, I feel like I have spent so much of my life being like, oh, diabetes is just a factor. It's not the thing. So I'm apprehensive to walk into a space and be like, Hello, diabetic over here, you know. <laughs> uh, then there's me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't I don't do that, but I'm definitely no. like, I mean, well, because oftentimes like the third question people ask you is like, what do you do? And then I'm like, well, I'm exactly. a type one diabetes content creator and podcaster. I was diagnosed on TikTok. And then they're like, tell me more. So I'm like, 
you know, I should just give them a, a, a card that we you know with a QR code. They can I was watch just a video. Say, <laughs> QR code. Here's my YouTube. Subscribe. My diagnosis like. start. Oh my god, that's, that's a great idea. We're gonna do that. I'm gonna work on that. No one take it. No one take it. So, kind of in the same vein of what we were saying, how often would you say you'd even talk to your friends about your diabetes? Because again, it's my job. I obviously talk to my friends about diabetes. It's not your job. It's it's. It's a part of who you are. I, this is going to sound so simple, but like when it comes up in conversation, like it's, I, it's so not something I lead with. So not something, but it's again, if I'm feeling shitty or like, Oh, I had a really rough low night. Like, okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that kind of thing. Or like today at work, I was asking somebody we're in open enrollment period. So, and I mean, I've said this so many times with our conversations, Justin, of like, don't get me started on insurance, but don't get me started on insurance right now. It's a stressful time. I need to pick my plan. So, but I was asking my coworker, I'm like, Hey, what are, what are you using? Blah, blah, blah. I know I'm like, I'm at this one. I'm at this high pay. This so freaking expensive. I'm at this high plan because I have all the diabetes supplies, you know, that I got to pay for. So da, 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 da. like, for me, it just feels so integrated in my life that it doesn't ever feel like I'm like talking about diabetes. In fact, like sometimes when I have conversations like about diabetes, it feels I don't, it, it, not like, I, I don't know, it still feels genuine, but it just doesn't, I don't know, it feels like I'm like putting a spotlight on something that I don't normally focus on all that much, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But then it was also like when I meet another diabetic out in the wild, I'm like, Ooh, look at you. Look at me. You know, it's like this fun moment. So I think it, sorry, very rambling answer, but like, I think it just depends on how close we are. And if you are familiar with me being a diabetic and I'll be, you know, much more open about it. But again, if it's like anecdotally relevant to what I'm talking about, like, of course, yeah. Oh, I have diabetes, blah, blah, blah. But I am not one to walk into a big group of people and, start just talking about it. That's just not my comfort level yeah. personally. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't do that either. Like, I don't care that much about it. Um, it usually just comes up in conversation. What about your technology? Do friends ask you about it? And, and do you kind of give them the whole spiel of like closed loop system? Um, no, <laughs> I, if somebody <laughs> asks me about it, I say, Oh, it's my insulin pump. That's it. <laughs> oh, it's my insulin pump. Yeah. I have diabetes. That's it. Oh my God. People, I'm such a tech. <laughs> people typically a like stop at that, you know, and if I kept going, I think they would keep going, but I don't know. Again, it's just part of life. It's, it's there. I'm happy. I'm so grateful to have this technology, but like, I don't know. I was just, I was just on vacation and I had this moment. I was in a bathing suit on this. I was in a bathing suit on a boat in the Mediterranean sea. It was amazing. Um, but everybody else on the boat there, like somehow my Omnipod became like a topic of conversation. And I was like, just throw me off the back. I'm done here. Like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with it. But again, I'm like, I'm in, I'm on the water. I'm in my bathing suit. Like, why am I talking about my autoimmune disease right now? <laughs> it's so funny you say that because as much as I do like to talk about it, and what I do, I more so like talking about what I do and how the technology works, yeah. but I yeah. don't like when it becomes like, I don't know, whenever I'm like, sometimes when I'm looking at my phone, I'll have a friend say like, are your sugars okay? I'm like, oh, I don't need to be asked that. 
Like, you're not my mom. Yeah. I will let, and I also, I'll let you know, like usually they're, they're friends that like I would let, I'm just good about letting people know if I'm having you, a moment. Well, I was just yeah. going to say, do you struggle with that? With the, I, I do. So this is fully me, you know, projecting my experience onto you. But like, I sometimes get really irritated at like the nosy spectators with diabetes. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, they're just curious. They just want to learn more. They want to, you know, but like, how, how do you feel about that? When a friend of yours, you know, is like kind of poking around in your business like that. It's so interesting because like, I know they don't, they're not ill-intended at all. In fact, they're trying to be very supportive and curious. Um, but like there, I do get kind of annoyed that I do kind of get annoyed when people ask me about my sugars, how they're doing, um, or say like, I've got some low snacks for, like, I always carry low snacks for you. Like there's just something about it. I can't even explain. I don't know what it is, but there's this trigger in me that Mm -hmm. maybe it makes me feel less than right. I I don't know why it's hard for me to say what it is. I I don't know if it's that. No, that's a really interesting way to put it, though. It's like, why do you have to give me extra consideration, you know? Although I'm I'm such a food-motivated person. I'm a freaking dog over here. Like, you're like, oh, they carry snacks around. Yeah, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, you know, like, sometimes I, like... But I'm like, you wouldn't ask, if you see somebody, like, take a puff of an inhaler, you're not going to be like, how are your lungs? Are you breathing okay? Like, you wouldn't ask that of somebody else. Like, why, why do you think it's okay to talk to me about this? I don't know. But again, people are just curious, and I am all for trying to educate, trying to put positivity about diabetes out there, because I think so many people that don't know somebody with type 1 have so many preconceived notions about it. So I really do try to be open and here's my, here's what's going on. This is this, you know, any other questions, but it is, I don't know. People are funny. Yeah, I think, I think for me, there's the difference of, Hey, what is that? How does it work? Right? Like with the pump, like how do those devices work? And like, how are your numbers? One is more personal. Yeah. One's more about like, how are you taking care of yourself? Whereas the other one's like, you know, what is the, the equipment you use? They're, they're trying to learn more about like how it all works rather than like, it's almost like, um, like charging me with something. They're like, you know, what are you doing? Like, how are you? Okay. Oh, you put yourself in a low. Oh, you shouldn't have eaten that probably. Like it's all kind of connected to like the, your habits. It it makes it feel that way. There's like a Um, level of judgment involved in it somehow. Yeah. And they don't, they definitely don't mean that I'm sure. Right. They just are trying to understand better. Um, now, another thing with friends, you know, it's it's important for people to bring on uh, to bring glucagon on trips, uh, some form of it, um, especially I mean, I think it is, especially from stories that I've heard. Um, I mean, I don't carry it with me everywhere, but like maybe I should have it on a hike. Um, but like, do you have you ever gone on trips where you have it on you and like let people know what it is, where it is and how to use it? Um. Yes. But I think, again, kind of similar to what I was saying about like when I'm at a party and I'm going to tell somebody how I'm doing, like I'm choosing that person wisely. Like also this is somebody who who would notice if my behavior was off or who would be conscientious of like, oh, Jenna hasn't like 
gotten out of bed yet or something or, oh, you know, like whatever it may be. So I think I've definitely said it. I think I've said it to you before, even pre your diagnosis, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think so, because I also don't you. We didn't talk about diabetes like at all. We Mm really I didn't even. And this was at a time when like no one was like, oh, CGMs like there's TikTok now where people are seeing this all the time. Well, and I I think it really is. There's more more exposure. I was just going to say the exact same thing. There's so much more exposure and also because more people are wearing CGMs, it's such a more visible, it's so, diabetes is so much more visible than it's ever been before, which I kind of love in some ways. It feels like for me as someone who just grew up with it and just had this pump on the side of me, it was always kind of this like big surprise when someone would see it. And so I like that it's a little bit more visible in a way, but also less cumbersome, just, you know, being something I wear on my arm. Um, so I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe I didn't. And admittedly, I, I most often now, if I'm traveling at this point in my life, it's with either family or with close friends like you or with my, you know, with my boyfriend. And so I kind of have somebody to cover my bases, but honestly, I don't know. And this is, you know, a stupid, you know, early, late teens, early 20 something decision to make. But I don't really think I, I did that. I don't really think I told people, Hey, this is how you use it. This is what we do. And I will also say too, in my defense, (laughs) that glucagon has come leaps and bounds in the past few years. Whereas I'm so much more confident now, like handing somebody my, what's it called? The basilisk or whatever, the nasal spray. (laughs) That's from I Harry Potter, back, I think. I was just going to say, no, mine begins with a B. My prescription begins with a B, I swear to God. <laughs> Not Basilisk. Yeah, that is like me. the partial tongue thing. Vaccine yeah. All right. Well, yeah. vaccine me. I hand somebody, I'm like, oh, see this thing? Just follow the instructions on here. We're good to go. You just put it up my nose. Poof, we're good. Yeah. Like that's so much easier than like, you have to draw out this powder into the injection and stab me and da da da. Like that is... I'm so glad we don't that's have to intense. do that anymore. Yeah, no, that's intense. And I, I, I mean, I came into this with just, just put this up my nose and press down or even mm-hmm. the G-Voke HypoPen, which is like an EpiPen. Just right. put it into my leg and, you know, and there you go. But it's preloaded, the whole yeah. thing. Like, yeah. The, the, yeah, and I can also, I mean, I also understand, like, you know, I didn't grow up with this, but, like, as an 18-year-old, do I want to be talking to my friend? Like, I wouldn't have had that confidence yeah. and courage to talk about it, whereas now... I do. And and it depends on the trip. If I know I'm going to be drinking a lot or if I know I'm going to like be running around a lot, I'll I'll find that one person or maybe even a couple people would be like, hey, there's this yellow thing in my bag. Just go grab it. It's in my toiletry bag if, if anything were to happen. That's totally. really that's all I really need to say. I don't even have to really show it to them. It's pretty obvious. It's in my toiletry bag and it's yellow. And again, um, and the instructions the- are so easy. <laughs> I I actually had to, my boyfriend had to give, had to administer that. It's probably, it was like a little less than a year ago at this point. But it was, I mean, he always had a big hang up about, you know, doing the glucagon injection. And, you know, we've been together for a, a while now, but he was always very nervous about it. And this, he talked about, it. he's like, it's four in the morning. I just turned the light on, read the instructions and poof, you're, you're good to go. So it worked out perfectly. What was that like? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> scary, of course. Um, I also, it's weird. Cause like he tells the story and he's 
so frantic and so afraid and he he woke up in the middle i fell asleep on my phone so all of my sensor alarm this is before i had the omnipod too which alarms when you when you get low when you drop below 55 um so i just had my dexcom and i fell asleep on my phone so all of my alarms were like very muffled and he neither one of us heard it so he woke up and i was like drenched literally had just you know sweat through my clothes like that it was really bad and he couldn't get he's trying to he literally was trying to pour orange juice down my face like down my throat i woke up just like covered in juice like had all the stuff like it was crazy and so then he administered the nasal spray and i remember like <gasps> like waking up like having this weird moment and still feeling incredibly disoriented and low but at least you're conscious at least he's like jenna drink this now like you can start you know actually you're not unconscious anymore you can play a part in bringing your blood sugar back up so i mean it was really scary and i even after all these years with him i still get this immense feeling of embarrassment and shame which is amplified when you're low of course but i still feel this like i'm so sorry you have to deal with this i'm so sorry which is you know it again just comes with the territory this is just part of life but yeah it was really scary and we talk about it and definitely you know try to try to you always try to figure out what did i do wrong or what happened or how did this go wrong and it just can be something so small sometimes but all is good and grateful to have the technology I have and very grateful to have you know to have had the help that night because I needed it yeah I mean that was a really scary story to listen to especially as someone who has type one and um there's so many people listening probably and, and definitely people that follow me that have been through something similar and they're traumatized by it I mean I I had a moment when I was I was traumatized by my own experience that wasn't even close to close to that. It you know, maybe it was a little off from needing to use glucagon. Um I mean, how did you feel like I mean, even what you're saying about the like I feel so bad, I'm sorry you have to go through this to your to your partner like which is not like I understand why you were saying that and feeling that but your partner's there because they care about you and, and yeah. they care about every part of you, you know, and it's so important to, you know, be with someone who, who is like that. Uh, but I understand that. How did you feel after that? Like, was there a form of PTSD from that for some period of time? of being afraid that that will happen? Were you afraid to give yourself as much insulin? <laughs> My cat's joining us. <laughs> Were you Hi, afraid Pepper. to give yourself, like, I got PTSD of, like, giving myself, like, I got worried about giving my t myself too much insulin, so I started giving myself less insulin, which mm. wasn't good. I, I grew yeah. out of it. But, like, did you have a moment like that? Yeah, I'm apprehensive to say PTSD for me just yeah. because, again, I don't, I just don't know any different. Like, I don't, I, I know, I, again, I don't mean to sound, like, overly simple here, but I just don't, I'm scared of something happening, but I don't know an alternative, too. Like, this is, 
I think of it as just like the ebbs and flow of life at this point. So, I mean, the next day after, like I was exhausted. I felt kind of sick still. I had, I, oh, whenever I get really low, I get a really bad headache afterwards. So I had that. So they're like physical symptoms. And then of course the emotional side of it too, of like in the moment I, you know, as you were, as we were saying, like I felt embarrassment and, you know, I felt bad that this happened, but then it turns from like feeling bad for someone else and then kind of turns inward. And you start, I think, you know, like you were saying, you're, you're bolusing differently. You're, you're, you know, maybe taking, you're not going to be eating certain foods. You're not going to be drinking certain things. So, I mean, I do think for a day or two after, you know, you're still kind of caught up in like the, the moment of all of it. But again, something that, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't believe you've had diabetes forever. I'm like, I'm a lucky one. I really feel that way. So it's, and I mean, I hear stories like yours of just, and how could you not, how could you not feel this, this crazy, you know, traumatic sense of like, I did this, I need to correct this. I can't put myself in this situation again. How could you not have that reaction to a scary traumatic event like that? So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just wild. But like I said, it's just moving through it, I guess. Yeah. Well, for the record, also, I don't want to be diminishing like what PTSD is. It's a very serious thing. No, no, no. no, no. no, I'm just letting everyone know that's listening because I've had comments before. Like I it's the easiest way for me to kind of just like say that about what I experienced a very that's why I say a very small form of PTSD (laughs) because it is a traumatic moment. But I just want to say, like, for everyone listening who's kind of gone through a similar moment as Jenna with that, like, inward moment that this is a disease that's not easy. And even no matter how good you are at handling it, there are moments that you just that are out of our control and we do the best we can. And I mean, I've had those moments, too, where I. I have that and this is kind of what I was talking about just earlier in the in the episode with like highs and lows and is like when I have a low that's bad it's just a side effect of it that I get really down on myself like mm-hmm. I remember this one moment I was in a car I was with friends and we decided to split into different cars and I wound up just being in a car with it a person I met like two hours before really nice guy, but I didn't know this person. And I started having like a low, low and I didn't oh. have low. Sna- Look at me, I'm not having low snacks again. I, or no, you know what? I had one low snack. I had one low snack, so I ate it, but he was trying to talk to me and like get to know me as we're driving to his place. And I had to explain this whole thing of like, I have diabetes and I was getting so down on myself. It's weird because I don't hate having diabetes at all. But in that moment, I was so upset and angry that I had diabetes and being like, this is something, you know, it's like others you in a, in a, a unique kind of way, because it's, I mean, realistically speaking, you, you don't have to, no one could, you could walk through life and no one knows that anything is going on with you unless you are in that moment. And in that moment, you are vulnerable. You are with someone you don't know. And I literally need your help right now. (laughs) Like I need you to know what's going on. I need your help because I am in trouble. 
Like that is such a scary feeling. And I think it's you, but again, kudos to you, Justin, for being able to be open about that and open with your feelings and open about just like, this is what's going on. Here we are. Here are the facts. Like I need you to just be, you know, on my, on my side, on my wavelength with this right now. A quick word from today's sponsor, Omnipod. When I was first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, one of my biggest fears was wearing an insulin pump and what that would look like. My fears were totally diminished once I started wearing Omnipod. Omnipod is a tubeless insulin pump that could be worn almost anywhere you'd give yourself an injection. What I love most is that I forget I'm wearing it. I never have to worry about disconnecting it for showers or swimming, and when I play kickball or go running, it's super secure. Even better, with Omnipod 5, you get automated insulin delivery by connecting it to a CGM. Omnipod 5 uses CGM trend and value to predict your glucose 60 minutes into the future and makes adjustments to your insulin delivery. If you want to try out Omnipod 5 yourself, you may be eligible for a trial. To check your eligibility and for full safety information and instructions for use, visit Omnipod.com diabetic or click the link in today's show notes. All right, back to the show. Yeah, it's you said it right. It's it's that vulnerability. You're you're automatically in this state and you may not be ready to be vulnerable with this yeah. person. You don't have to be vulnerable with this person. You just met them. But that's where you are. And again, for people listening, do yourself a favor and let that person know what's going on cuz then you'll feel less alone. Mm-hmm. It's not worth living that really bad low and trying to feel better and trying to listen to them in this specific type of situation. Like it really isn't. And it did help when I told him because he was like, Oh, you know, in my house, I actually have a bowl of M&Ms so we can have some of those when we get there. And like just hearing that, or he was like, do you want me to stop at Seven Eleven? Like it just like, it was, he, he, he handled, handled it very well. And it, it made me feel a little bit better, even though I was still pretty upset. But I'm glad I, I, I did say something. I totally agree with you because I think as soon as you let someone know what's going on, they really want to help. They really want to help. Like, I I was at my friend's house. We were watching. We were watching The Bachelor. And I, this is on my old pump, my Medtronic pump. And I'd forgotten to change. I got a low battery alert earlier in the day and I forgot to change it because I would let that go way too long. Uh, <laughs> but I... Literally, it was like, I'm like at her house. I'm like, hey, do you have a um, AA battery? If not, I need to leave for like 10 minutes. And I'll be right back. This girl tore her whole apartment apart looking for it. She's like, I have, I'm like, I'll, I'm, I'll come back. I promise. I'll be right back. Just pause the show. I'll be right back. She's like, I have it. I know I have it somewhere. <laughs> it's almost like with you are vulnerable with someone like that, you know, vulnerability begets intimacy. It makes you feel closer to somebody. And so... People are going to lean into that situation that much more, which also, you know, gives me faith in greater humanity of like, if and when, you know, I know this has happened to me before, but like, God forbid you are alone in the middle of, you know, New York City or something, you're walking on a street or you're driving somewhere and you're like, oh my God, I need low stuff right now. Like if you are in a pinch, if you are in a pinch, someone is going to help you. Someone will step in. I truly have all the confidence that someone would. Yeah. A bit of a change uh, in direction is relationships, specifically like romantic ones. You've been dating your partner for a while. Yeah. But if you can remember a time when you were dating <laughs> lots of people, how did you navigate dating 
especially when it comes to like after a few dates when there may be some more intimacy involved like what was that like for you especially also you're on a you were on a tubed pump so i'm mm -hmm. very curious about that too um i think like with a lot of my early late teens early 20s i uh just <laughs> just did a lot to i don't know i I was not as open as I am now, and I, I'm not going to say I regret that, but I'm grateful to be as open and candid and calm and, you know, willing to be, willing to communicate with people more about my diabetes now, because there was definitely a point in time where I was very, I'm not going to say closed off, but I was very into like, all right, let's just keep going with the flow. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going. You know, like it's, it doesn't have to drill your life in any kind of way. So admittedly, in those situations, it was real just like, I don't know. All right, here you see it. Here we go. <laughs> it wasn't ever like a big like, you know, unless they're like seeing me like if we're having like dinner or drinks or something and I'm giving myself insulin, then I'll just like offhandedly mention it. But like, it was never something I brought up to be like, I'm a diabetic, you know, it just wasn't. I kind of wait for the situation to emerge before addressing it, which I don't know if that was the right or wrong way to handle it. I mean, my current partner, he, he tells me, he still makes fun of me for this. He's like, I found out you were a diabetic when you got really low on our first hike together. <laughs> He's like, you had low stuff, but I didn't know you were a diabetic before that. <laughs> so, wow. it's, you know, that was kind of, that was my style. It wasn't kind of my style. That was my style, which I don't think is right. But I also, at that time in my life, I didn't feel like I owed an explanation or like this, I don't know, I just didn't need these people knowing all this about me. But then again, as I said, you know, when you're vulnerable with people, it makes you feel closer. So maybe, maybe that would have worked out differently for me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there something, if you could go back and like tell your old self at that time, anything about what you've learned today? Like, is there something that you would tell them? Honestly, nothing that no one else told me straight up of no one cares. It's all good. Just be open with it. Just whatever. And like that truly, that's like what I would say to any, you know, self-conscious 20 year old right now. Like it's all good. Who cares? And I do, again, I do feel like being a little bit more visible with diabetes helps with that. Also, like, I will never forget this beautiful line. My my old roommate said this to me one time where he was like, Jenna, you're not special. Everyone knows a diabetic. Good God. <laughs> so I think I know who that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very fitting. But um, th that is such, that is actually such a good, yeah. uh, such good advice because I even say that like, you know, if I go through a heartbreak or a difficult day at work, whatever, I'm like, Justin, you are not unique in any way in that, like in this, like this has happened to so many people and you know what? They got through it. And so will you. There you go. Exactly. I mean, some, some, some tough love, but definitely works. So yeah, I mean, again, if I'm, if I were with somebody and just doing it, I, maybe threw him for, put him through the ringer a little bit. Here you go. Surprise. Yeah. But I don't know. Never really interfered all that much, honestly. So yeah. Yeah. I think for me, dating's been a bit different for a few reasons. First of all, like there's Instagram and oftentimes people will yes. find that or, you know, everyone's like, do you have an Instagram? I'm like, 
What about like phone numbers? Remember those? Although this is a phone <laughs> number with pictures. You're so um, old fashioned. You know? Yeah. But if I, if I really like you, I'll ask for your phone number, not your Instagram. Um, so anyone listening. Hot take. Yeah. You now know. <laughs> um, but like you look at my Instagram, you've got pictures with my Omnipod. And I also feel like Omnipod is a little bit more of like an accessory mm-hmm. than a tube pump. At least to me, it seems that way. Like I like to show, also I like to show it off. So it's a little different for, for everyone. But also you've got like, you know, uh, promoting diabetes awareness and pride, like right in my bio with like, you know, uh, <laughs> my cat's diabetics. butt is in this whole video. I'm so sorry <laughs> to be distracting. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and then you've got obviously my, my social handle for diabetic in that bio as well. So, right. um, it's pretty quick that people will know what I do. If you haven't seen my Instagram yet, you'll know as soon as we talk about work. So um, people know pretty quickly. And I think what I like about my, not necessarily my approach, but the fact that it's out there is that yeah. like, I don't feel uncomfortable about it anyway. And I also say that I think having been diagnosed later in age, around at 30 years old, like I already built the confidence that I needed to not care what people think. Not that, and I've never really come into contact with anyone, at least to my face that said like, Oh, I don't want to like date you. You're wearing a pump, whatever. Um, I don't even think there's that many people, but that self conf also like people are attracted to people who love themselves. Right. So like the fact that I love that part about me, I'll be able to attract people who love that about me, right? So I think it's so important to be confident in that and love yourself for that and 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 see the special parts of it, like the fact that you're so strong. I you know, and I love you that you are so open about it and you have you have helped me be that much more open about it. But I mean, I guess just for, you know, listener's sake, you and I are opposite ends of the spectrum with this in terms of dating. What what do we think would be a good middle ground, maybe? Like for somebody who doesn't have it's not part of their it's not part of their professional identity like it is with you. It's not, you know, just out there for everyone to see. Which in a way I I'm kinda envious of because it's never like you have to like you know, you're never presenting yourself as a diabetic. You just, it, it's there. It's there and for, you know, people to just see and learn about. But what, I'm curious, like, what is, what do you think would be a good middle ground for somebody who is just dating, who doesn't have the Instagram presence you do with diabetes? How, how would you handle it? That's a good question. I know, I don't even have an hard. answer for it. It's hard, right? It's hard because, like, I really have had that, like, that easy way of it's just like, it's what I do. I think that you, you shouldn't hide your devices. Don't be afraid to put it on your arm because you're about to wear a tank top and you don't want people to see it, right? Like wear your devices with pride, decorate them like with acrylic jewels. I put acrylic jewels on my Omnipod when I, you know, have a cool outfit on, I'm going to like a certain event. Don't be afraid to I don't know, talk about it. I know we talked about how like you don't, you didn't really do that back then. There's so much 
exposure now that it's not a surprise to a lot of people. No, it isn't. And it's not something to hide. And it's not something to hide until you take your shirt off or go on that first hike. In fact, I wouldn't hide it when you go on a hike, especially because like that can cause you to go low, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't, there's nothing to be afraid of because if someone is weirded out by it, then you should be weirded out by that. So 100%, I, right? 100%. Oh my God. Anybody who is worth your time is going to, is going to care for you again when you were in that vulnerable state. Like if anybody has any issues with it, like. Bye. Not worth this whatsoever. Jesus, you clearly need to do some more research for yourself. That person, not you. But <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So the best thing you can do is just be okay with showing it off. You don't have to be like obvious about it, but wear things wherever you want. Um, feel free to bring it up in conversation. If you have a low, be like, oh, I'm having a little low blood sugar. I have type 1 and I'm just going to have a little snack. Like... I you throw it super casually. I, I mean, yeah. I do it super casually too. Like I'm not like, hey, I'm a content creator. Like if I'm like at like whatever, and someone's I'm eating a snack. Someone's like, oh, why are you eating that? I'm like, oh, I have a little low blood sugar. They yeah. get the point. You know. There you I go. Know. I agree with you. I think, I think if I were to go on a first date tomorrow, I would. You know, I I think I would make mention of it. Like with this Omnipod I have now, so it's a little different where like I have this device that looks like a phone that I'm, you know, bolusing on and stuff. And I think I would, you know, oh, I'm just going to give myself some insulin real quick. Da, 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 you know, like that kind of thing. And then like you said, oh, I'm, I'm real low. We're just going to move on now though. So you're you're yeah. pointing it out, you're addressing it, but it's not like becoming a big topic of conversation. I think with all of the technology that we have today, it's made life a lot easier for people with diabetes. Yeah. But I think it's also maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, put it in our face a little bit more, being almost more hyper aware of it. And I say this as there's two screens behind me that have my <laughs> blood sugar levels. <laughs> How am I doing? Uh, so Jenna, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on having your CGM levels on your phone? Do you love it? Do, or do you feel like you're checking it a lot? Not like a normal amount? And then kind of can you relate that back to like when you didn't have that? Yeah, I... I was really, really resistant to, I mean, I've been resistant to technology. I mean, if you've listened to any of my other chats with Justin, you'll, you understand this. Um, I don't know, I guess just human nature, resistant to change. But I was really, really resistant to get on Dexcoms again, because I had tried Dexcom briefly in, I forget it was like, 2016 or 2017 and he's on it for like a year went off of it and then got back on the Medtronic sensor didn't have a great experience with that and then in 2020 fully committed have been on a CGM every single day ever since and I was really nervous about it because I'm like I'm I'm not a big phone person like I'm not a huge texture I'm not a huge like and I was just like, I just don't want to have to carry this around with me always. Like, this is so annoying. And then multiply that when I moved to Omnipod. That was a big, a big pain point for me of like, oh my God, it's just always on me now. And admittedly, now that I've settled in, 
I really do. I love just how accessible it all is. I think that's my big thing. And that's the, the big difference I would say between the before times and now is that it's all just there. It's you know, it's way easier to pull out my Omnipod, you know, when I'm at a, you know, a party or a concert and there's a ton of people around me and do, 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 just check my, you know, check what my blood sugar is, give myself a little insulin then before, you know, all right, my, my partner would do this thing always where we were out somewhere and he'd see me taking my beachy kit out and he would hold his hands like this, which is very sweet. He'd hold his hands like this. So I had a place to put my meter and he would hold the things for me while I'm doing my business, you know? So it was incredibly sweet, but it's, you know, it just takes up more space. It takes up more time. So I'm really grateful to have this technology, but I'm also very cognizant of the fact that I spent 20 plus years just living and thinking very differently about diabetes than I do currently. Like it was, diabetes was much easier to kind of put on the back burner and not think about, not talk about. As Justin was saying, you know, I've known Justin for over 10 years at this point and it just was not at the forefront of my life. And now I find it very difficult to not have it at the forefront of my life. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just there always. And it's always accessible for better or for worse. Yeah. I mean, I love having the number accessible and can't imagine not having that. But one thing I've done and it's now been possibly six, eight weeks. I have not worn <gasps> my Apple watch at all. Wow. And I didn't know that. And I don't miss it. Yeah. And I don't miss it. And it, I mean, it's a great tool and I, and I love that people use it. It was, it, it's great to get those alerts. Um, but yeah, I have not worn it at all. I mean, maybe if I went to, I may have gone to one Broadway show and I was like, you know what? Let me tell you on a broad, in a Broadway <laughs> show and a movie, a movie. Yeah. So great. So perfect. Especially since I'm on D DIY loop and I can bolus from it. But besides those two hours at the show or whatever, have not had it on and not having access to my numbers on my watch has been a game changer because I don't look at my number unless I get an alert. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Um, or, and I also see my number when like I go to bolus too. Right. But like, that's and I also have them on screens in my. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but like, but it's still like, accessible. You just don't yeah. need the extra thing. Can I ask? It's different. What, what prompted you to take the Apple Watch off? Why? Because I realized that diabetes was taking up too much time in my brain mm. and taking me out of the moment. Specifically, I was like, diabetes is already my job. I and it's already a second job. But I think there's a way I can remove a large percentage of the amount that it impedes on my life, specifically special moments with people and special moments, you know, or events or experiences that I would get taken out of having that there. I... Thinking ahead, right? Thinking of the future. Think anxiety is wor being worried about the future, right? So if, if you always have access to your numbers and the arrow you may get anxious because you're worrying about where it's going. Mm -hmm. And usually like most more often than not, there's nothing to worry about. Cause you're, if you're on an automated system, it's going to catch you 
<laughs> so no, I feel that so hard though. Like I, like I was saying, I just got back from this wonderful trip, but this is my first time on an automated system and having, having oh, wow. the, the dual screens, you know, in front of me on this trip. And I found myself being so, I, again, you know, I just feel like such a hypocrite. <laughs> Because I'm so like, it's the ebbs and flow of life. You just have to go through it. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My percent range has gone down. Like, so <laughs> annoyed. <laughs> That's another aspect of it. Having that, like, all of that detailed data in yeah. your hands, not your your doctor's hands, right? Right. Like, you can, like, be a data scientist and be hard on yourself. And it's so important to not be hard on yourself. It's hard you know? to not be hard on yourself, though, with all of this data. Oh, yeah. Like, it, you have to, at least I, this is my experience, I had to consciously be like, don't look at it right now. Or consciously like, oh, you're going up. That's okay. We're okay. We're going to catch it. You gave yourself insulin. You're going to see yourself climb, and then you're going to come back down. And that specifically is something that... I mean, and there's no way to change it. I would take the technology and the visibility any day over the, you know, the kind of bullishing in the dark that I did for 20 plus years. But see, specifically when you're getting, when your blood sugar is climbing, like that kills me where you're just watching it go, 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 go. And I'm like, I've already given insulin and I don't want to double bolus because then I'm going to get low. But maybe it wasn't aggressive enough. Maybe my my automated, you know, maybe my algorithm's going to be a little off for this one because like, all of these things are now running through my head and it's really hard to disengage. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know you've said in the past that you're not as like, you don't keep up as much on like diabetes technology and where it's going. Um, I'm sure I've changed that a bit. You have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you, do you get excited when you see my videos about things that are coming or yeah. And be honest, I'm not going to take this personal at all. I get excited when I see your videos about you promoting something cool. I, I think because too, because I just made a big jump, I'm a little like, okay, like, you know, I mean, I've <laughs> been on Omnipod since July now, so it's been a couple, you know, it's been several months, but like, again, just like, there are still so many new and first experiences I have to have with this new device. I'm having a hard time, like getting excited or looking forward to other things. I mean, I do get excited, of course, when I'm like, oh, it's going to be smaller. Or when is my freaking app coming on my iPhone? Like, I'm waiting for that, baby. I am excited for that. But I guess in terms of, like, devices, I'm I'm happy where I am right now, and I'm still just getting acclimated. But, so I don't know, that was kind of a yes and no answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, for everyone who doesn't know, Jenna's talking about the Omnipod 5 app that was announced that it was like with the FDA in May. Yeah. And I mean, it's imminent. It's got to be coming end of year, early next year. Um, I mean, come on. I'm uh, ready. The reason I asked you if you're excited about technology is because a few episodes after this, or maybe even one episode after this, um, I'm having people on the show who uh, are going to be talking about a system called IAPS. And this system so i'm talking to two people who are involved one of them she's on ozempic um she doesn't bolus ever 
and eats whatever she wants on the system, including a Cinnabon with all the cream on it. And she is, get ready for it, over 85% in range, always. What? Never boluses. Does it, and so and just then, does it for you? It has a more aggressive algorithm, more aggressive and more than and stronger than anyone on the on the market. This is like the new DIY loop. I'm I have a lot of questions about this, which means I just need to tune into the video. But <laughs> I'm like, How tune does in, it everyone. Work? <laughs> How yeah, I just wanted to kind of excite you a bit and give everyone a little bit of a tease. No, I am excited. <laughs> I'm anxious to hear from these people. And again, I'm just like, how? Why? How? <laughs> so yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, now, I wanted to go a little bit back to the traveling because I know you wanted to talk about that. What What do you think? How do you think diabetes has kind of like made your life, I guess, a little more difficult with traveling and has there ever been a moment i guess where like a scary moment i guess where you're like oh my god i i i'm not prepared for this not a i'm not prepared for this because again growing up in the uh, what uh what i i'm stealing my word from a minute ago the dark bolusing the dark ages of diabetes you know <laughs> of i I pack like for the apocalypse whenever I'm going on like even a weekend trip. I'm like, all right, we have shots, we have injections, we have 10 different site changes, we have our glucagon, we have that, like I'm a nut. So it's never, I'm unprepared. But again, I think this time around after this trip, like there is just a heightened awareness because of how accessible all this data is. Like, and also in the same breath. So I was traveling with... I was traveling with my mom and I think because she sees me looking at it. So she is now asking more questions about it too, which is, wow. that's, that that's was kind of back a, to that thing we were saying. Mm -hmm, exactly. Of like the people like, and it's, you know, it's my mom, so it's different, but also in the same breath, it's like, you know, I've been doing this solo for a while and I don't know, parents, I, I think Justin, you should do an episode with some parents at some point, just because it's, it's a, such a different perspective to have. And I can't even begin to understand the amount of worry, concern, anxiety that happens, not only when you have a kid with diabetes, but then when that kid is like, I'm going on my own, I need to just take care of myself. So and I think that's something like still to this day, I give both of my parents, both of my parents want to know what my blood sugars are. They want to know what my A1C is. They want to know what's going on. And I'm like, you live a thousand miles away from me. <laughs> but it's one of those things like, okay, mom and dad, I'll, I'll indulge. I'll tell you, you know? Um, so yeah, sorry. Back to the, back to my, you know, heightened awareness of diabetes while traveling. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you, you are able to see to see where you are and to be able to anticipate where you're going so much more easily. But in the same breath, it's like, like you said, sometimes it just takes you out of the moment a little bit because you're just staring at your screen, which I hate. <laughs> so, but I will, you know, I was camping one weekend this summer and we literally were like celebrating. I was like, I was, okay, guys, not hum humble brag here. Not even humble brag, brag full brag. But I was 95% for the whole weekend during a weekend camping trip. 
So we're hiking, we're eating weird food, we're doing whatever. And we were literally like, what? Like, cheering. It was amazing. So, and I'm not that in range when I'm not camping. <laughs> so it was just wild. It was really cool. So, I mean, that was obviously a great moment of it. But like, again, maybe we should have been looking at the beautiful woods around us instead of looking at my Omnipod device. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's important to celebrate those wins uh, even though you have no idea how the heck it happened. <laughs> like, Dude, seriously? <laughs> no. I No, you know what happened? I didn't stop eating. I was like, I'm not even hungry, but like we just hiked. I need to eat more fruit. I need to eat. I just... Which is also another another weird part about diabetes, too, is like the... I don't know. I was talking to my mom a little bit about this. Sorry, this is a serious side tangent, but like just how it's hard to not have a weird relationship with food as a diabetic because... You have to eat at times when you're not hungry. You can't eat certain foods or certain foods are going to make your blood sugars in your body do crazy things. It's just really challenging. You know, like there was there was one night when we were on our trip and I, I got pretty low and I'm literally like, I'm like, I'm so full from dinner. I just like can't put on. I don't want to eat anymore. But like, ugh, you know, like and obviously there's juices and glucose tabs and the whole thing. But like you just I don't know. You don't want to eat anything it's just weird so anyway again well that was actually a that tangent is led me to where we're going anyway which is how we interact with food and i kind of i think one of the most stressful experiences nowadays for me that never was it used to be one of the most enjoyable experiences and it still is but it's harder now is group dinners specifically at like family style and then also you have this one person who's like oh we're gonna order this we're gonna get that we're gonna get that we're gonna get that (laughs) and like sometimes sometimes the menu's not even in english and they know everything and uh, and they're saying insalata de babara you know like whatever and i'm over in the corner i'm a little like i have no idea what's coming i don't want to have a high blood sugar Like, I don't, right? Like, I want to enjoy this night. Like, I don't want to go in the 300s. So I need to know what food we're getting because I don't want to go high. So then I have to go then go ask that person. And usually I'm fine with it. But, like, be like, hey, what are we getting? Like, tell me the carbs we're getting. Like, what, you know, pastas, breads. Like, people don't even know, like, what everything with carbs are like when you say no. that, it's like, well, you know, I'm like, and potatoes, like anything with carbs. Exactly. And then, you know, so, and then like the sauces are even important, right? Like some sauces are going to have like a ton of sugar. So anyway, like I get a little anxious when I go to, when I go somewhere and people are like, Oh, let's just share a bunch of things. I like so much more prefer having my own plate, knowing what I'm going to eat Whereas like when you're sharing plates, you also don't know like how much you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know? And I really, I do like to pre-bolus and I do like to, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess I am an anxious person. So like I do get anxious just over the unknown of what food we're going to get. And like well, and how crazy is, is that amplify- for people? Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, how crazy is it? This conversation, like this, what I'm saying right now, like most of the world <laughs> has no idea people with type one are going through this in whatever way they are, right? Like, I'm sure you Mm -hmm. go through it maybe a little less intense, maybe as me, maybe not. But like, this is a thing for me. 
And so you're so right. Like, and this is another aspect of that, like relationship with food, even what you said that that's totally a part of it too. But like, I don't know, do you feel this way or is it like, you know, your whole life you've been sharing things. So it's whatever. I don't feel anxious about sharing things. I feel anxious because I, I also am in, I pre-bolus for just about everything I eat. And I, I guess not all the time, because most often I'm kind of in my routine and I can, I know what's happening. But like when you're out of that, like when I was traveling and I'm pre-bolusing for pastas and stuff, I kept getting low and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know, like, I mean, it's just different ingredients than you would normally eat. It's going to have a different, you know, it's going to interact with your body differently. So I, I wouldn't say I get nervous about it. The thing I get nervous about, and here is, here's a real disconnect between our two brains is when I walk into my girlfriend's having a dinner party and I'm there, I'm walking in, I'm schmoozing with everybody. Da, 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 I'm going to have a little snack here. I'm going to have a little thing here. I'm going to have a little thing here. And I forgot to bolus now. And now I've skyrocketed. And now I've ruined my dinner even before I got to eat it. And I don't feel well. And I just like messed up my night. Like that is, that's a very real thing for me. And I think something that, you know, I really struggled with as like a teenager too, was remembering to bolus. It doesn't happen all that often anymore, but sometimes you just get caught up in the moment, you know? So I get, you know, I try to be mindful about that. I wouldn't say that my reaction is anxiety. I, I would say mine is like, I'm really trying to remember. I'm really trying to be mindful. I'm really trying to like allocate carbs correctly. I'm doing a lot of quick math, but then sometimes I second guess myself and I'm looking at things on my phone and you know, that kind of thing. So a little different. And I mean, that also may at some point evolve for you too, Justin, just as you are living with this longer. And I'm not saying my way is better or your way is, you know, better, worse, whatever. It's just is, I hope that just like some of the nervousness around diabetes can settle, I guess. I think it will. And I think it already has, like, mm -hmm. I'm so much further than I once was. Um, and also with where technology is going and with what I said earlier about a system where you don't even have to bolus, like that, that is our future. Insulin innovation is our future. Like these are things that will happen before a cure, if we get one. Yeah. And a couple of things, what you said, like I have heard often that like younger people, like kids and teenagers, and they often forget to bolus or they don't pre-bolus, right? Um, oh, I didn't pre-bolus until like five years ago. I didn't even like know well, that that's was a thing. also a newer, <laughs> it's a newer thing yeah. I've heard. Like the, the, like people pre-bolusing wasn't always a thing, which is like news to me. Um, and what you said about like messing up your dinner, I, I totally get that. Like, I remember there's been moments, but specifically, I remember we were going to dim sum. Is that where like they bring things on the cart? Yes. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was the first time I was getting dim sum ever since I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So like, I was a little nervous cause everything's like rice cakes and like rice balls or like mochi or whatever those, you know, Play-Doh rice things are. Like, I don't know the carb count for any of this. And I arrived and I was at 240 and I didn't even realize, like, I have no idea like where my brain was. I had no idea I was high. 
So I got like a Thai iced tea. I was afraid to drink it. I yeah. couldn't. I was af- I was afraid to. Yeah, Thai iced teas. They're, I they're just amazing, I just but... did, gave a, a verbal reaction <laughs> to that because there are few things in this world that make my blood sugar spike more than Thai iced tea and white rice. <laughs> Literally. Well, those are those those get absorbed way faster. And luckily on my app, I can actually put that, which is helpful. The absorption times thirty minutes on here, which is nice. Um, but like I was, I was messed up mentally and also like actually physically, like I was not feeling well. I was with all these new people. I was, um, I didn't know anyone really, except for the person I was there with. And then we went and saw a movie and I wasn't going to eat popcorn. I was uncomfortable sitting in the movie the whole time. Like I, I'm afraid to sometimes eat food. Mm. It's just, that's, that's the fact, right? So we do have a very weird relationship with food and food's one of my favorite things, right? I know, it, for me, for me, it, right. It really makes me happy. And I think some of that happiness has definitely gone away, but I'm never going to let it, you know, really yeah. go away. But I think for, for me, it's about just trying to recognize, like it's, it's just trying to make the right choice in the moment, you know? So if I, if my blood sugar has, if I, if I have forgotten to bolus and I'm, you know, was wrapped too wrapped up in conversation and I just, you know, didn't even think to do it. And now it's dinner time. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to have any carbs or I'm going to have very low carb dinner and I'm going to aggressively bolus and I'm going to be, you know, checking my, my numbers from this point. But like, I don't know. I, I really try to frame it as like, this isn't the last dim sum I'm ever going to be able to eat. If I can't really enjoy this right now in this moment, I can come back tomorrow. Cause you know what? I'm a full grown adult and I can do that with my life. <laughs> so I, for me, it's, it's a small consolation, consolation, not constellation, small consolation, but it, it helps me not grieve the loss of that special moment quite as hard. Again, I don't know. I I feel yeah. like in a weird way, I've thematically made this whole episode for me about just like moving through it. So <laughs> here we are yet again, just trying to get through the high blood sugar and get back into normalcy when I can have a little bit more choice with what I'm what I want to be eating and what I want to be doing. Yeah, well, I think that's a great perspective, right? Like we have these obstacles and these moments that may be hard at the moment, but ultimately we get through them we get through them pretty quickly usually like mm-hmm. it may be like an hour or two um or or 10 minutes um but your tomorrow's another day and it's not worth beating yourself up over it because um you can eat pizza another day and have i don't know and get it down i mean there's no way to be perfect at any of this so so there's no reason to be mad at yourself um Do you but feel i like- also understand yeah. Do you feel like you <laughs> internalize, internalize diabetes? Like, do you feel like you, you have a hard time not taking it personally when you're not, your numbers aren't doing what you want them to? I'm hard on myself for sure. Um, no, there's definitely moments. Um, and it's the moments and it's like, I'm here telling everyone to not feel alone. Talk to your friends. Um, but I get it and I'm not perfect either. And I don't do that always. And there's sometimes I'm in the room with a group of friends and my sugar's stuck high and I'm so upset at myself and I'm so upset at like, I don't know why it won't go down. 
Is it a pump failure? Is it the food? Is it like, what is it? Right? Like, do I need to like, and then like, you do, there's just this list of questions you're going through and do I have to go home to put on a new pump? Like, I, I don't know. It, 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 it can be taxing. So yeah. And I, I can be hard on myself about like what my numbers are looking at. But this is usually highs. I don't get mad at myself for going low. No. Um, I don't think I so. Like, I, but I get mad at being high and high for too long and frustrated. I think frustration is the best way to put it. That's why I took off my Apple Watch. Definitely part of that. I was – my endocrinologist when I was little fed me this – there are no bad numbers. There's no such thing as a bad number. And I was like, bullshit. Yes, there is. <laughs> like, I know it's, I, I said this recently to my current endocrinologist and was just as vehemently upset as I was a moment ago. But, and he, he framed it really well where he was like, one day, you know, one day out of the course of your life or a handful of days where you have these erratic blood sugars, like, it's not going to make that big of a difference. It's the trends. It's consistently where you are. That's what, that's, what's going to determine your long-term health. So, but that's really hard to remember in the moment. It's really hard. We just have to give ourselves a little bit of grace. And I think I get better and better with that. The longer I have this disease, so it's really, it's a journey, I think. Of course. And you, you grow more and more over time with it. Speaking of all this food, I'm hungry. It's time for dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was this was fantastic. It was really great to hear your experience with a lot of these things and honestly like I feel less alone just from hearing what you're saying cuz mm-hmm. a lot of what you said I also like experience for sure. And you don't I it's mean- not often you hear other people talk about those inner struggles you have. I, I totally agree. And I think it's really important to talk about it because I think it's pretty universal. And I also think with the vast majority of, I don't know, I feel like we hear opposite. It's it, again, we're all just aiming to, for balance. That's the key in life to everything. In my opinion, is just balance. So it's, you know, we hear of these horror stories of these long-term effects, but then also it's, it's impossible to expect perfection constantly. So it's just trying to navigate our way through it. And I'm so grateful for you and for this community that you have created and for everybody who is listening and participating in the conversation. It's just, yeah, like you said, makes you feel less alone. Yeah. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. I'm going to go eat and, um, and I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. I'll see you in Portland. Well, I'll talk to you before then. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to hear those episodes with Jenna that she came on for, she came on to talk about her transition from Medtronic to Omnipod 5. And she also came on to talk to me about our visit to Omnipod headquarters in Massachusetts. That was a lot of fun. I've also got a video uh, showing off a ton of footage and commentary on that visit. That's on YouTube. Before we close up the episode, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for listening to my podcast, watching my videos, commenting on all of my posts with 
inspiring comments and helpful comments to other viewers and followers. It means so much to me, but also it means so much to the community that we're building. Uh, I love seeing all of these conversations going on on my videos and, and my social media posts. I don't have enough time to comment on everything as much as I want to because I'm too busy putting out content. Otherwise, there would be no content. So thank you so much for all you do. I am playing around with the idea of doing a live Q&A once a month that way if i didn't answer your comments you can come in and ask your questions live then i can take that and i can post it up on youtube uh, so if you're interested in that let me know if you're watching on youtube you can give me a comment and if you're listening feel free to dm me on social media all right i'm justin and i'll see you next week